Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope everybody's having a great Friday. This is me, Beto, and Rohan rocking your world on a Friday evening, talking 49ers, free agency, off-season, combine, anything you can think of, we're going to talk about it. Uh, it's uh, we. I, I always say that like the off-season, I keep thinking there's never going to be anything to talk about in literally like every two days like three more stories pop up where I'm like, Oh, okay. I can, I can do another stream. Like I'll end the stream with somebody and be like, well, probably not going to stream for a week. And then like two or three things happen. So, uh, I want to, uh, first of all, thank my co-host Beto for popping on once again and Rohan for making time in his busy day to make time for the stream. I appreciate you coming through, man. Yeah. I appreciate you both. Uh, should be a fun one. So I want to hit, I want to hit on the news that was released not too long ago. I uh, I don't know if you've seen it, Rohan, Sterling Bennett, a couple other people were talking about. It looks like uh, Brock Purdy's going to have surgery next week. It's uh, a, couple, yes. uh, a couple unnamed sources who don't want to be uh, – uh, I forgot what the word is said. They, they just don't want their name attached Anonymous. to it. Anonymous, right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, not... yeah, the rumor – not the rumor, but – what I've heard over the past week and what some sources like of Rappaport's you've seen some of the stuff and what I've heard is that it should happen or at least the initial uh, thought is that it's supposed to happen early next week. That's always a good thing. <laughs> You've been waiting on that one for a while. Oh, 
Hold on a second. Oops. You guys there? Yeah, we good. Yeah, uh, go, go go right ahead. I'm sorry. I had a little bit of a freeze up on my side. Ah, okay. But I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's good that we hear the news. Although I've been saying it for the last two months, beat writers, media is starting to catch on and say similar things in that right now, if we're being honest, this is Trey Lance's team because Brock Purdy is not going to be ready likely for training camp. His, his old, uh, his old timeline might've not put him available for training camp either. Now let's say you have the surgery in early March, which means six month timeline. If all goes well, he's ready early September, early September is after the preseason before week one. You don't throw out Brock Purdy there week one, and it's also uncertain if he's going to be ready week one. Uh, so you don't throw him out there week one as your starter, which means right now, uh, unfortunate to some people who don't for some reason want it, Trey Lance is quarterback number one. I'm totally fine with Trey Lance being quarterback number one. I think it's his time he's getting his chance to reshine again. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, it's an unfortunate situation what happened last year, but that's – the nature of football you know people get hurt somebody else steps in sometimes careers are altered you know just look at the tom brady drew bledsoe situation things happen and uh you know i was listening to john lynch talk um trying to think where it was he might have been on with uh, matt mayoka on his podcast talking about you know it doesn't really matter where you're drafted sometimes it just it matters what you do on the field and if you produce and if you're a leader and people follow you it's I love the Brock Purdy story and I would love for him to, you know, make something out of his career. But at the same time, like if the, <laughs> like if, if, if the Niners decided to go with, you know, Brock Purdy and he turns out to be a really great quarterback, it, it's, it's part of the, it's part of the sport. It's part of sports. It's a part of athletics and stuff like that. So, but at the same time, it's going to be nice to see him get a shot uh, being the guy in camp. Um, hopefully he can improve on, uh, you know, he had a, pretty rough a lot of people are saying pretty rough preseason and training camp last year so it'd be interesting to see if he can improve on that and maybe at least for a while shut up the detractors because you know people are going to come out um, uh -huh. and the way i look at it is it's going to be a lot like how the jimmy thing was last year where jimmy was kind of like in the background like he'll be practicing but he'll be like on the side field kind of tossing the ball around so um hey uh it's good news that something's going to happen uh, apparently maybe they went in there and they saw that the swelling is down and it's time to go and do it. So um, I'm happy. What do you think about the whole situation, Beto? Um, I, I really believe that, um, that uh, Trey Lance is getting his second opportunity to truly uh, showcase why he was drafted, where he was drafted, and hopefully he'll take advantage of it. When it's, when it's your time, it's your time. Um, I know he got hurt, and then the whole Brock Purdy stepped up to plate, and now it's like nobody wants Trey, everybody wants Brock, and now Brock got hurt, and he's going through his situation. He's going to have surgery next week. Like, um, um excuse me, uh, he he's not going to be available, you know, start of the season in OTAs, and so this opportunity for Trey is there. Can he take advantage of it? Can he take advantage of his opportunity? Um, hopefully he'll be ready uh, to go. I heard he's been throwing, uh, so that's a good thing. And uh, hopefully he'll show Kyle something that maybe he didn't show last year coming into camp, that 
uh, what's up, David? They can, you know, really impress uh, Kyle and, and uh, John. I really want to see what I really want to see um, Trey Lance work under Brian Greasy for a year and see what Brian Greasy. I mean, listen, what look look what Brian Greasy did with freaking Jimmy Garoppolo, kind of resurrect him a little bit, and then what he did with Brock. Imagine if he can get his hands on Trey and, and really develop him. Uh, I'm interested to see what he does. I really want to see nothing against Brock, but I really want to see what Trey can do. The only thing I don't want to see is Brock gets healthier and is ready to play, but he's sitting there as a backup quarterback. Trey struggles a little bit, and Kyle gets all crazy in his in his craziness and decides to pull Trey and put in Brock. That's the only thing that scares me during the season. I hope that doesn't happen because you got to allow Trey to uh, make mistakes and learn from them, not discourage him by putting in uh, Brock, in my opinion. I think the weird thing, too, is or not weird. I thought that the one thing that a lot of people brought up was who uh, Trey Lance wasn't playing with last year when he started those games. So um, True. If and if if he does get the chance to start the season, he, he's gonna hopefully you know if everything goes well through camp and preseason, I have a healthy Kittle and a healthy CMC, something we didn't see, and and, and a healthy Debo, for for a stretch, um, you know, say what you want about Purdy and how well he played, but man, he had a lot of guys that he could facilitate the ball to, that made him look. I'm not saying make him look better than what he is because he played really well, but. When you have a lot of weapons, it's all about just facilitating and being a point guard. So I think Trey can do that. I don't see any place where uh, – or anything that says that he can't be that guy. So just a matter of repetitions and getting himself uh, in game shape and, and getting the, the – the thing with Trey is he has the lack of reps. That's his biggest – that's his biggest thing when he uh, – if you compare him to Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy went through four years of college, so – um, this is an important offseason for him. Hopefully he comes in with his arm healthy, ready to go, uh, to do a lot of throwing and get himself uh, ready to be the starting quarterback uh, week one because it looks like that's what's going what's gonna to happen. And I, I want to add one thing because Beto did bring up a very good point, right? You hope that, the, uh, that if Trey Lance does struggle, that the 49ers don't shift course and go with Brock Purdy. But I do want to give some level of reassurance because for all the criticisms that we have of Kyle Shanahan, me specifically with his quarterback handling and the way that he hasn't really found his guy in seven years as the uh, as the as the head coach here, the one thing I do want to say here is Kyle Shanahan has, while it might not seem necessarily in public, he has always had the confidence of his quarterback to let him go through those issues. Jimmy Garoppolo, we know, has had those issues. Kyle Shanahan didn't pull him. Trey Lance was ready to start. Kyle Shanahan said it multiple times during tw the 2021 season and could have even started when he said he would start if the season was over because it's much more prerogative to get your young quarterbacks reps, but he stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo. Then in 2022, Lance was the starter and Kyle Shanahan shut down any talk before the season that the only way that Jimmy Garoppolo gets in is due to injury. With young quarterbacks, it seems like Shanahan's going to roll with whoever gets him uh, whoever ends up being the guy, like whoever ends up being the guy week one, he's going to let him play through the weaknesses. And it's only to a point where Trey Lance proves that he cannot play at this level at a high level for the 49ers to win. Would they pull him 
and play Brock Purdy should Lance be the week one starter as expected. That's kind of my take on it based on the information we've seen from Kyle Shanahan before, which does give you a little bit of hope into that he could potentially develop a quarterback. But what I uh, what I will say as a caveat to that is I've got to see it. Once I see it, then I'll believe it. But right now, that's where I'm kind of looking towards. It's weird. Some of the talking in uh, at the combine with uh, John Lynch, you know, some people were trying to read a, a ton into it and saying that his body language and just the way he was talking about Trey, Trey's past tense. And then if you put him on with Matt Mayoka, he was talking about, you know, Matt Mayoka asked, Matt, Matt Mayoka asked him, he goes, uh, a lot of people like the Niners players are saying this is Trey's job to lose. And John Lynch didn't really knock that down and say, no, that's not true. So I think in the eyes of Kyle and John, this is Brock Purdy's team still, but Trey has a chance to kind of alter that argument and uh, make people forget about him. But uh, he's going to really have to do really, really well. He's going to have to, you know, I know he didn't have the reps and this and that and the other and all the excuses, but he's really going to have to show out and show that he's capable of doing it because I don't think Kyle necessarily would just pull him for the sake of pulling him, but uh, the Niners are in a window and, and I'm sure that the players have his ear, especially the big guys like the Kittles and the Trent Williams. Um, and that's really what it comes down to. Uh, so if they're saying they're more comfortable playing under Brock Purdy, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's just how it works. These guys have a short, finite career and they want to make the best of it. So guys don't want to be under, you know, play under a quarterback who is experimenting or going through his ups and downs when they have a really good team that can win a Super Bowl. So very tough uh, waters to navigate to say the least, you know? Um, let's go to the backup quarterback situation. A lot of names are being bandied about. I'm sure you guys have saw the list. So as I was typing up my little sidebar here, one of the names that came out that makes a lot of sense, and a lot of people are probably gonna be like, oh, him was um what's his what the hell is he played for the 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 Ravens? Uh Tyler Huntley? Oh uh the old old man. Josh Johnson? No. Uh, oh no, not not not. Uh, uh, I love how name? his name is escaping me right now. You know exactly what I'm talking about. He played us in the. We played. He played for the Jets this year. Oh, you talking he, about Flacco? Yeah, yeah, Flacco, Flacco was a name oh. that they brought up. Right, I know. Okay. Right, okay. But you're listen. He's the number three guy, right? He's not he expected to be play. my number three guy. That's all I'm finna say. He ain't gonna be my. That was a name that somebody brother. put out Preacher. there. I, I that was a name that somebody put out there that they think. You know, because a lot of 49er fans are looking at like Heineke or they're looking at Mariota and they're looking at all these guys that were either starters or backups who are probably going to demand a lot of money. And really what this comes down to is you they want to mentor a quarterback who will be there kind of in the background mentoring the younger guys. Per, uh, Flacco kind of fits that. Uh, he is not a sexy pick. He is not with what any 49er fans imagine. But if you look at the quarterbacks, how many of those guys are going to want a lot of money? This is a third string quarterback, essentially job you're going to be offered. So uh, all of us are picturing like, Oh yeah, Heineke will come in here or Mariota will come in here and he'll be the guy. And I just, I really don't see that. 
I feel like it's going to be somebody that we're not expecting. Maybe they bring back uh, the guy they had in camp here last year. Uh, Nate Sudfeld. Nate Sudfeld, and he could be the third stringer. You never know. Uh, I just want everybody to prepare their brains for something that's not very sexy or doesn't sound very good as far as a third-string quarterback. I would love goes. to bring in Cooper Rush from the Dallas Cowboys. That would be interesting. I just, I just don't know, man. I just don't know. Aaron, I will say, I know I shut it down, but I like your thinking because a lot of people, like you said, have been uh, wanting one of the top backup quarterbacks on the market. But there has, there's a two-sided factor to this. One, you brought up the money. The 49ers likely will not shell out $10 million per year to a backup quarterback. I don't know how feasible that is depending on how much they're going to create in cap space with restructures. Two, though, what quarterback is going to want to come here with the understanding that when the regular season starts, they are going to be relegated to QB three. They aren't a backup anymore. They're going to be quarterback three because what we've seen from the 49ers is they've placed extreme confidence in each of their starting quarterbacks well, starting caliber quarterbacks in Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. Like we've said, Lance will likely be the starter, but when Purdy returns, it's likely he gets inserted back into that backup role despite him missing the offseason because of the confidence in him. And also because it's much more probable that you have something in Purdy than you have something in a guy like Joe Flacco. However, those two factors considered, you've got to find a match for both sides. A player understanding that he might not be quarterback one or two. He might be quarterback three. Which means he doesn't suit up on game days on some uh, on in some of the games, but also the team has to find a fit that is willing to do that at a cost that they are willing to spend. And I think that the, with those two factors combined, somebody like a Flacco or a Nate Sudfeld might be more realistic than 49ers fans want, but they have to also understand what their quarterback situation is. I also, while I was bull, like a little bit negative before on this, I do <laughs> believe that. The 49ers are going to draft a quarterback, probably so ending up cutting him and then placing him on the practice squad. That was the caveat I said. They're going to draft one if they can cut him and place him on the practice squad. But I think any of the late round quarterbacks this year, I don't know if I have confidence in their talents for them to be claimed as the quarterback three for another team. So that's why I feel more confident that they can be cut. Brock Purdy, I did not think that I, I thought he would be claimed because he wasn't a seventh round talent in that class. But the seventh round, fifth round, sixth round talents in this class, I do think that you can cut them and keep them on the practice squad. To me, it's it comes down to really that uh, they need arms for camp because Purdy's not going to be there. So if essentially they draft a late round guy and they have a guy like a Sudfeld, like a Flacco, I know, like I said, it's not a sexy name, but like you got to think, like you said, you got to think of the money. And you got to think of the guy who has to come in with no ego and be like, oh, you're going to be mostly not dressing up for game days. You're you're relegated to third string and maybe in the playoffs because of what happened last year, maybe you'll finally suit up in the postseason if we make it. Uh, I don't know if a lot of those guys would be willing to do that, to be honest with you. And and the money too, like you're not paying 10 to 12 million for a guy who's essentially going to be a third stringer, especially if they go in, do Purdy's elbow, looks good, and they realize, okay, he'll be back by, like you said, week two or three. Like, it's, I just, a lot of people are like, I, I when I saw Flacco's name, I was like, that kind of makes sense. Hopefully he never touches the field, ever, you know, and we never have to think about it, but you have to have that kind of guy to be the guy that you possibly could fall back to 
in an emergency situation. So I know it sounds crappy. I know it sounds uh, not sexy, but uh, think of the money and lo- and just the logistics, uh, you know, of all this, all of it, and that kind of makes more sense. You but, know, it, uh, it's it's funny how 49er fans get really. I love 49er fans. Um, I know they're passionate for their team and they get excited, but it's like they got to look at reality. They got to look at the the money. They got to look at every situation, every angle. I hear, I talk to a lot of Niner fans. They're like, man, we should go after uh, Bursett. We should go, we should resign Jimmy or we should do this. We should do that. And it's like, you're not looking at the whole picture. You have your quarterbacks, whether it's either Trey or Brock, you're bringing in someone as, uh, like Rohan said, your third quarterback that probably is not going to suit up. So if you do bring in a, like a Joe Flacco, he can be that field coach kind of with with uh, Brian Greasy to help develop these young quarterbacks and then brought in in case of an emergency. I can see them spending that type of money. But people that want uh, someone like um, this big-tier quarterbacks, First of all, you don't want to pay them that much money. Second of all, why would they, like you said, why would they want to come to the Niners when they have an opportunity to be a, a starter, if not at the very least a backup, to come to the Niners just to be a third-string quarterback? You know what I mean? So people need to realize it's fun to dream about, pipe dreams about, let's bring so-and-so. Like I've, I've heard people say, let's trade for Lamar. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to get out of Madden. that. <laughs> yeah, you got to get out of the mentality because that's not reality. You got to look at what works for the team, what works for us to grow, to get further where we want to go, not sit there living a pipe dream. A, a pipe dream. So Flacco is not a very likable name, but if he's going to be a third string quarterback, probably not suited. He can be that on-field coach. They can help develop the young kids. Like if, when they make a mistake, you know, do this, do that be an ear to Trey, that is very valuable. And hopefully the whole purpose of bringing in someone like Flacco is not what he does on the field, it's what he does off the field with his quarterback. Yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks, where do you guys, and I know uh, Beto could care less, so I'll ask Rohan to start. Where could you possibly see Jimmy Garoppolo? What, what is your destination for number 10? Uh, where could you see him going right now? I think the clear cut favorite in my eyes is the Oakland Raiders or sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. The reason being Las Vegas recently came out. I think I, I forget it was their coach or their GM. There was a report that recently came out where they have shut down the Rogers trade ideas. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, if he is going to be traded is likely to be in, to an AFC team right now. It seems like the jets and potentially even the dolphins might be the top two contenders with the Raiders Ooh. falling out. And my brother so, would lose his mind if that was the case. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, Rodgers, it doesn't seem like they're a realistic possibility there. Raiders might want a quarterback in this class, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo with Josh McDaniels would serve as the perfect option to where they could have a bridge guy to uh, while they develop a young guy. I think CJ Stroud would benefit well um, uh, by uh, working behind Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he could benefit well. I think he's my quarterback three in the class. Will Levis. If they like Will Levis, he could benefit well by uh, working behind Jimmy Garoppolo. Or if they look to just want to, if they just want to get a, uh, utilize their roster, or their pick to get a better team, insert Jimmy Garoppolo, 
appease Devontae Adams by making the roster better and Josh Jacobs by making the roster better and draft a high caliber player at seven, right? Uh, to, to, to probably help out their defense. You can do that too. So they have a, they have a ton of options. I think the Raiders right now seem like a favorite. I know a lot of people have said Tampa Bay or the saints. I don't know how realistic that is. I think though, it's going to be similar to last off season, but a little more likely now that Garoppolo gets that deal that he wants in that there's a, it's a domino effect. You first wait for Rodgers. Everyone's going to wait for Rodgers. Rodgers will make his decision. If he stays in Green Bay, that opens up more possibilities. If he doesn't, he likely goes to, what, New York or Miami. Let's say he goes to New York. Then it's Derek Carr. Where does Derek Carr want to go? Does he want to go to New Orleans? Does he want to go to uh, here or there, here, wherever it is? Once Derek Carr's gone, then it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Wherever, like, I think Garoppolo's destination is somewhat predicated on those two. Uh, and depending on that, I think he could go right now. The clear-cut favorite to me is the the Raiders. Would not would not be surprised though if he goes to the Patriots too. They he listen. The Raiders would be great for him because it's like the situation he came from. You know, he pretty much is just uh you know steering the ship. He's got all those playmakers around him. He's got a good tight end, good slot receiver, good wide receiver. Um, he just has to stay out of the way. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is, would never survive in a situation where he didn't have a ton of playmakers around him. So. Yeah, put him in a ready-made team. I thought I think the Raiders. I always, I honestly think the Raiders would be a good fit. Um, it's funny that you say. Where did you hear? Where is that? Just you that said the Rogers to the Dolphins, or is that something you've been hearing? Uh, I read it in a report recently. Um, some because I just read where... something that said that the Dolphins are not a hundred percent against moving on from Tua. Right, and like and the I... information normally comes out in like little sprinkles. You know, I heard right. Rogers. I, I probably the athletic uh, is where I read the report. I'm not exactly sure. I, I read it somewhere. Um, but that would be insane. Yeah. Oh, oh. Um, somebody said it, and then Kurt Bunk, uh, Kurt Bankert, Rogers' former teammate uh, and former 49er quarterback, said Dolphins would be a thing. They uh, have really good receivers. Thing. Yeah, they have really good receivers. He would just have to throw the ball up. Listen, man, I don't like Rogers as an individual. I think he's a real shady cat, but as a quarterback, one of the best of this generation, no doubt. Like you can hate on somebody's personality and just think they're a dirtbag, but also admit that they're an incredibly talented individual. Like I was never the biggest Brady guy as far as just how he acts on the field and his petulant little temp temper tantrums, but he's the goat. You know what I mean? So, uh, dude. I, I'm not going to tell my brother because he'll be like, it'll ruin his day if it doesn't happen. So I'm going to leave it. I'm just going to leave it out of the conversation for a while. Um, your thoughts. Uh, I'll start with Rohan and then I'll go to Beto. Your thoughts on the coaches not attending the combine this year. I know that was kind of something that was brought up. Uh, some people think it's a problem. I was on the, the Camperman report and I kind of changed his mind because he was like, I see it as a problem. They should be there, da, da 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 And then I told him, I was like, well, the Niners have also had a lot of coaching changing changes and a lot of coaching staff overhauled in the last two seasons. And I think they are a bit better served back, you know, 49er land and letting John and Adam run the show at the Combine since they're the ones that pretty much make the decision anyways. Do you agree with that? Or are you kind of more on Camperman who thinks that the coach should be there? No, I mean, if, if I'm being honest, I don't really care. Uh, uh, like you said, there is, uh, that as well, but I think that you can also spend your time better with the way that it works in, in, in kind of like in today's world, everything that you want is online to me, 
the only thing that's important about the combine, I know, I know we get all hyped up about measurements and stuff. The only thing that's important about the combine to me is the interviews. Yeah. You know, the 49ers have their entire John Lynch is there. I think Tariq Ahmad, their director of college scouting, that entire group is there. So the interview stuff that's getting done. Like uh, the 49ers are doing that. And so, um, maybe do you want your coaches in the in the room to see how it works? Yeah, but I think the number one important thing always when drafting is the tape. Tape, and then how does that person tape, which tells you how they fit in your system, and then what is that person like, which you find out in the interviews and via uh, connections elsewhere. So to me, I think that's the case. And I mean, it's not just the 49ers that are doing this. A lot of time, a, a lot of a lot of uh, teams are doing this, and it's also because Guess what happens right right after? It's a uh, free agency, right in two weeks. Teams right now are heavily scouting. Who do we want to? Who do we want to contact? Who do we want to look to sign? Who do we want to kind of get 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 into our culture? And also, who do we want to bring back? And in, in, in decisions like that, the 49ers obviously have a ton of those. Have to figure out that with restructures and things like that to figure out money. So I think because of how the timing works. I don't think that this is an issue, and I also don't think that this is going away. I think more and more teams might decide to as well, uh, obviously dependent on the teams that are drafting at the top compared to the bottom. What do you think, Beto? Um, yeah, I agree a lot with what Rohan said. Not only that, but last year, Kyle wasn't there either. He he did he was not at the Combine last year. Um, mainly the GMs are always talking amongst each other, uh, possible trades, uh, this or that. Um, and Kyle's more better suited at back in Santa Clara, working with bringing some more coaches into the staff and, and, and getting everything ready for free agency. And one thing I've noticed, and, and when people think that there's no relationship, I don't know where they get it from, but they're like, just because some they may not agree on quarterbacks, uh, they're like, man, the front office is not on the same page. I believe John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan speak to each other very often about everything. So um, not only is the internet uh, there available for Kyle, but anything that goes on at the combine, you know that Kyle's getting a phone call from John Lynch and John Lynch is uh, downloading uh, the situation that is happening in the combine. So uh, communication is key. I don't think that it matters that he's there or not there. What matters that John Lynch and his uh, team is there evaluating uh, those uh, short 15-minute interviews and uh, passing that information back to Kyle. Um, I don't think John makes any decision without Kyle knowing about it, so I'm not worried about it. It didn't worry me last year. It's not going to worry me this year. John Lynch said in an interview, I think, with Mayoka, he said that you know during the pandemic, you know, Zoom became a huge thing that a lot of people did, and it's very much now still something where Kyle and the coaching staff will be in contact with him, I would assume, on a daily basis, probably multiple times a day, and talking about, you know, guys that they're scouting, guys that they're looking at. So to me, it's there's always, you know, it's a narrative. Uh, Media is narrative-based. People get clicks. That's all it's for, man. It's just, it's just how it works, so... You want to stir up a little controversy? Talk about how they maybe the Niners are there's some discontent going on because Kyle's not at the combine, which to me is asinine. If there's one front office that I think a lot of players like want to play for, 
is the 49ers and their whole regime that because of how seamless and everything works and how everybody's very together and on the same page. So I, I don't think it's a problem whatsoever. Um, so let's talk about some stuff that's happened recently uh, that's happened in 49er land. The first thing would be, uh, it looks like Jawan Jennings has been tendered a contract, uh, exclusive rights free agent contract. So he will be back. Um, not the biggest news, not sexy news. No one's really cares, but I, I always, you know, he's a big player on third down. He's a, he's a, he's a chain mover. He's someone that the Niners depend on and make big third down plays. And, uh, he's underrated. Uh, you know, he's not the fastest guy. He's not going to break a lot of tackles. Well, actually, no, he's not going to burn people, but he will break a lot of tackles, but <clears throat> I think he's I think he's underrated important. I think a move like that is something that you know when we when we talk off season, those are the ones that we we don't really spend a lot of time on, but then you know in 4 or 5 months when football starts and he's making a huge catch to to keep a drive alive, you're like, "Man, I'm so glad the Niners kept that guy." So I don't know. Do you feel the same way, Rohan, or are you are you a big uh, Juwan Jennings fan? I like Jennings. I like Jennings. To me, I don't really care too much about the move because it was going to happen and that 49ers had one more season of control and because Juwan Jennings was the seventh round pick, they essentially, he essentially makes like, I think it's like a million or 925,000 or something. He'll make a set amount. If they tender him, he's playing for the 49ers in 2023. So I don't make too much of it because he was going to be back. He has one more year before his uh, free agency year. And I mean, yeah, he's a solid player. He can block well. We know that. And he also uh, is a reliable third down weapon. Is he the best? Third no. down uh, is the, the best wide receiver three in the NFL. No, he's probably average. He's probably right around there. But, I mean, he fits within the 49ers system. He fits within the confines of the system. And San Francisco does just has enough weapons to where, you know, if their third receiver can just play his role, it's good enough. Because he's not the third receiver on the team. George Kittle is. Christian McCaffrey is behind Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. So, yeah, he's literally you know, the fifth option. He's the fifth option. So Maybe the you, sixth you know, if you count use check. <laughs> yeah. So you don't expect too much out of him. And right. when, he, when you call his name, as long as he figures out, uh, as long as he can work on the drops. Yeah. The drops he's, he's with him. Receiver. Him and Ayuk, him, I think all our receivers suffer from a little bit of the dropsies. Don't know what it is. I don't know if they're just waiting to bowl people over downfield because they like to run over everybody. So they're trying to <laughs> get their angle right or whatever. But yeah, I agree. Dropsies are definitely something he's got to work on. Um, I asked this question early in the week and a lot of people scoffed at it saying that the Niners shouldn't waste a pick, but, uh, would you be against the Niners? Maybe look into the future as far as drafting a wide receiver in this draft, maybe in the fifth round or something like that, considering, you know, there's talk from some circles, depending on who you talk to that, you know, people think like Debo could be the most likely guy in a couple of years, not this year not next year, but maybe after next season to be on the move, you know, just, you know, based on his physicality, the way he plays contract, all that stuff. Would you be against the Niners making a move like that? And then drafting a wide receiver, say mid mid draft and, you know, having them compete, maybe not this year, but maybe into the future. Beto, if you want, you can go first and I can go after you. No, it's okay. go ahead, bro. I was uh, actually looking at the comments, dealing with people in the comments. So I didn't but, yeah. quite hear the I didn't hear the question quite well, but go ahead, bro. Thank you for yeah. Asking. I mean, no, 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 always. Um, uh, but talking about a wide receiver, I think it'd be intriguing. I mean, I, if it's in the fifth round or if it's in a late round, I 
I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem if they draft any position in the late round. Why? You're going for the best position or best player available at that point. When you, when it's really after the th- first three rounds, even though I personally believe you should go best player available the entire time, when, it, when it's past those first three rounds, teams normally do try and go best player available, try and uh, figure out who best fits on their uh, best fits from their draft board. Uh, would not mind a receiver. Why? Because, I mean, you talk about Debo Samuel. This whoever you draft in the fifth round is not going to look. You're not looking for him to replace Debo Samuel. You're looking for him to make a role. It might be on special teams, right? The 49ers they normally carry six receivers. Uh, I think they got what five of them set. And Ayuk, Samuel, uh, McLeod, Jennings, and Danny Gray. So if you want to carry a sixth receiver, it's true, you've got you've got one more spot available. I mean, they gave it to veterans last year. Uh, switch flip flop kind of behind veterans, and then they I think they ran with five for a good portion as well, uh, and used one off the practice squad and flip flop between those guys. But really, your sixth guy is a special teams guy. So if you think a guy can fly, if you think a guy can play well on special teams, go for it. But also, I mean, if you're looking towards the future, if I uh, like you bring up Debo Samuel, he's not going to get moved this offseason uh, unless it's designated with the post for a June 1st move, which is a little unlikely. I personally don't believe he'll get moved. I think the 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 talk can be there. Uh, but next offseason, I think, is a possibility. After you get your rookie quarterback or your whoever the quarterback is a little more acclimated, get him, uh, uh, obviously, with a full year of Debo Samuel. That's why you sign him to the three-year extension to help progress the growth of your young players. Next year, I think they, they could uh, look to entertain the move. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if Debo Samuel plays out this contract with the 49ers. Do I think he's a 49er for life? No. I think the 49ers are going to move forward with Brandon Ayuk to be their wide receiver one. And when you look at Ayuk's contract, this is his fourth year. His fifth year option is coming up next year, uh, which the 49ers will pick up. And then the first year of his extension will likely be a lower cap hit, which is in uh, not this year, not next year, the year after, which is Debo Samuel's final year of his deal. So you can you can harbor it because Ayuk's cap hit will be low, Samuel's cap hit will be high, but com- com- combine them two, and you know it's it's fine for two receivers paying 28, 29 million, or 30 million, or whatever for two receivers uh, is not that big of a deal. But I don't think that the 49ers will harbor both receivers, and so I think you could look towards the future if you're looking in that range. Would not mind a receiver with the amount of picks they as well that they have. I got a comment on this, Steve Supremo. Ayuk will be a cap casualty. I don't think so, dog. I think he's a future 49er for sure. Uh, I mean, if you even if you think for some reason that he could be cut, he's not a cap casualty. Um, you don't save any money by cutting Brandon Ayuk. He's, his contract yep. is fully guaranteed. His fifth-year option will be fully guaranteed. His contract's fully guaranteed. Even if you trade him, you're losing money because uh, – there's guaranteed money attached to his deal because of he's a, he's a rookie. Yeah, someone like a Yuki, you definitely want to keep him on your on your roster until he finishes that rookie contract, and then make a decision. Um, regarding re- drafting a receiver in the later rounds, I mean, you always want to look at what's the best available uh, prospect at your where you're picking at. But I honestly think that if they're going to focus on truly bringing in a receiver that could possibly replace Debo. I don't think it's going to be in this draft particularly. I think they're going to wait into the 2024 draft when they have a little bit higher picks to do so. Um, unless there's a receiver in the bottom in the in the in the fifth round where they're like they did not expect that particular receiver to fall down uh that low, they may take a flyer on them. But um 
and to Ron's uh, statement about uh, Debo Samuel, I know everybody, a lot of people love Debo. I love Debo. I got his jersey, but there's no way eventually you're going to be able to afford both receivers for long term. You're going to have to make a decision who you're going to move from, and I think that Debo is probably the candidate they move on. But I don't think they move on from him into what, maybe in, in the offseason of 2024 or 2025. They decide to move on for him, so there's no rush, uh, particularly because Ayuk is on a rookie contract. There's no reason to move on from Debo right now. Play them both uh, and see what you can do. Uh, so bringing in a receiver is a possibility if they fall in love with someone that falls down to them. If not, I think they really will focus on that in 2024 uh, draft personally. There is a position um, that I think – I would not be surprised if the Niners made a move on in the draft this year if it's not receiver, and that's I think they're looking to draft another tight end. Now, does it happen if our guy's going to be available when we actually draft? That's the whole other question. But like, there's so much uh, combine stuff going on right now. I like I'm so lost with all of it. But I have been paying attention to a lot of the feed and a lot of people talking about how the Niners. There's a feeling going around that they could draft another tight end this year just because of who they're looking at. Uh, I would love another pass catching tight end. I, I think that's uh, just make our offense that much more dynamic. What, uh, what's your thoughts on that, Rohan? Give me one sec. I got to yep. get a computer thing. Beto, you can go for it, and then uh, I'll answer right after. Got it. Yeah, there, there's a particular uh, tight end uh, from Clemson uh, that they actually even interviewed um, that, uh, and matter of fact, he he's uh, – went through college and high school uh, really loving uh, Kittle. And so they asked him how he would feel to work with Kittle. And he would and he does a lot of the things that Kittle does. Uh, he's a good blocker, a great pass catcher. So I just can't think of his name, but he, he's from Clemson. Um, and uh, I think he'll be a, a good uh, pick if they choose to go that way. I think they will look at tight end. because I don't think they're going to bring back um, – they might bring back Duali, but I don't think they'll bring the other kid Croft back uh, personally. But uh, that kid from um, from Clemson, uh, if if they do get him, I think that'll be a great matchup with. Uh, I wish I can remember his name, but with Kittle, I think he'll be a great tight end comp- uh, paired up with Kittle. You're saying Clemson? Yeah. Interesting. At the t- off the top of my head, I I'm don't... looking at some players right now. I don't know one from Clemson. I know there are a, a lot of really solid tight ends, and while while Keith tries to figure that out, I'm not exactly sure. Would it be Davis Allen? Is that who you're talking about? Davis Allen, yeah. Ah, okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay, but I mean, talking on the tight end position, I think that the reason you're hearing it, Aaron, is because. Yeah, I mean, it's a big real, uh, it's a big possibility. I think uh, there was a Matt Barrows article talking with uh, Adam Peters, uh, obviously a very good scout, one of the, the top scouts for the 49ers in terms of leading that department. And Adam Peters specifically talked about the tight end position because this is a really, really deep tight end position, tight end class. The 49ers should be able to get a tight end that they like where they select in the third round. That is how deep it is because when you talk about tight end, it's such a unique position in the NFL. Teams. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I love to have two tight ends. Why? Because when you work out of that personnel where there are two tight ends, what does that force? It forces more uh, players to be in the box because obviously more tight ends allow you or signify that you might run the football more because you're utilizing more bigger bodies towards the line of scrimmage rather than using wide receivers who can penetrate the field downfield. But when you have two dynamic tight ends, like a George Kittle, and then another pass-catching tight end who can also block, then you have two different players who have similar skill sets but also can threaten downfield, which means you have mismatches like linebackers on tight ends or linebackers on running backs. And with the way Kyle Shanahan likes to operate, you create those mismatches to create open up op, uh, open options for your quarterback and so that's the value of two tight ends however the nfl also doesn't pay tight ends as much as other positions and doesn't see tight ends go in the first round this year we might have uh, have a change of that right because there are a couple of tight ends who i'm sure nfl teams have first uh, first round grades on but for the 49ers specifically i do think that you will see uh them attack the tight end position in this class and i think that there are going to be options available around where they select i don't know necessarily if they'll trade up for a tight end given the amount of depth in this class there are probably uh probably 15 guys within the top 150 that you could look to select a tight end that's how deep it is. I think they do address the position, though, because it's a position they've tried to address in the past with certain signings. They look to go after Austin Hooper. They've looked to go and get some other guys. And as for the room right now, really, the only one that should be met, uh, like fairly memorable is George Kittle because Charlie Warner is a blocking tight end specifically. You might want a more of a dual threat guy because when you play in 12 personnel or 22 personnel, guess what? You have Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel out of the backfield. You have George Kittle and uh, uh, whoever you draft as tight ends. All four of those guys can play as a pass catcher. It creates so many uh, diverse mismatches, and I think that that's why the 49ers are going to be looking to address the position with one of their picks. This guy, Davis Allen, this uh, here, I'll give you some scouting on him. It says capable of tracking passes from many angles, good sideline awareness, quick feet. Good knee bend, I would assume, when blocking. A fluid mover capable of creating separation over the middle. He has long arms and has soft hands to provide a sizable catch radius. <laughs> Good body control, you know, for inaccurate passes and jump ball situations. Good effort at the point of attack as a second-level blocker. And as far as what his graft, like where he'd be uh, projected... Oh, they have him. <laughs> they have him here on this particular site as an undrafted free agent. So, uh, I, I, they might have. To, I might have to get to a, a different site that has a little bit more of an updated. But yeah, he seems like a little bit of a kittle clone. It sounds like if he can block and catch and have a good open field awareness. So, we'll see. Yeah, we will. All righty, uh, Rohan's got to get out of here soon. So I'm going to attack. Um, Want to attack? Where are we going here? A couple of quick topics. We have the uh, the return of it looks like Tyshawn Gibson. I know a lot of people were talking about safety as a possible problem or a possible draw thing that we had to worry about. Mm-hmm. And then you know there was the talk that Gibson might be, you know, Gibson might be uh, retiring. It looks like there is interest in both sides. 
And I think that's a, I don't think people realize how huge that is for the 49ers that they don't have to worry about safety at least uh, this offseason. I mean, if they can look to the draft to maybe replace him down the road, but uh, how big is that signing if he decides to come back? It's huge. It is huge. I mean, when I talked about free agents that I wanted the 49ers, or not wanted, but needed the 49ers to bring back, Tashawn Gibson was number three on that list. It was Emmanuel Mosley at one, Mike McGlinchey at two, and Tashawn Gibson at three. And this is evaluating positional importance and what the player means to the 49ers as well. That's how valuable Tashawn Gibson was in 2022. Not only did he provide a spark plug uh, when he was essentially just meant to be a camp body, and he even acknowledged that, he ended up being a valuable starter. And the reason that it's valuable, he said towards the end of the year that Talano Hufunga was going to likely be a big factor in his decision to return, yep. because which likely indicated if he's returning, it's to San Francisco. If not, he's going to retire. The 49ers shouldn't have to pay too much money to get him. It'll be a one-year deal. And that means that you are solving one of the key problems while also filling a role that could be versatile because Gibson has played in the big slot. He he can play the safety and play both safety positions, which was the 49ers need. I think it also makes it a little easier for you to draft a safety in this year's class. The 49ers, this is a deep safety class, and you now have the understanding that you don't have to necessarily address the position immediately uh, uh, in terms of you don't have to play a guy week one, uh, no, no, knowingly draft a guy and play him week one. Instead, you can go with who you feel best about, understanding he's got a year to develop and essentially take over opposite of Telano Hufunga um, going forward. So I think that that plays a value. I think the 49ers do try and look at the safety position as well, this class. And so it, it's a huge signing for sure because of the cost that it'll likely require and also the value of the player. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I love that the fact that John uh, Gibson wants to come back for a year and come back with the Niners. He he developed a wonderful relationship with uh, Ufanga, and they both just mesh together. And um, having that opportunity to bring him back uh, for one year at a very reasonable price uh, that does allow the Niners to look at a draftee in the draft uh, to replace him the following year and just have him sit there and reshirt him for a year and let him uh, develop underneath Gibson and learn that position. I think that's um, uh, awesome that Gibson would come back for the one year um, with us. And so I expect the Niners uh, to take a safety, if not with their first pick, a second their second pick uh, this year in the draft because I think that's an area that they're really going to focus on. Um, and I look forward to seeing who they draft, but I, I love Gibson. Uh, I'm not so high. I, I understand the McClinchy, uh, and, and what I'm saying, I'm not so high, not in his, what he can do on the field or the lack of, but I just think that the range that he's going to demand financially is going to be uh, really expensive unless they decide they want him for the long haul. They, they really want to keep him here. Uh, I can see something happening, but I just think he's just going to require too much money uh, to keep him here. And uh, um, But to me, my first signing was Gibson. I think he's essential uh, to bring back uh, to cover the back end, especially underneath uh, – or not, I'm sorry, not Gibson. Um, Emmanuel uh, Mosley is who I want back. Uh, I hope he signs. Uh, he might go after the bag. Uh, 
a lot of people I was I was on the show the other day and they're like, yeah, but he got hurt. And a lot of teams don't want to pay for a player that got hurt because they don't know. I'm like, that's true for a team that does not are not familiar with him. But the fact that D'Amico is not the head coach with the Texans and they have all that money out there. He is very familiar with Emmanuel Mosley. He understands the injury because he was there. And he, uh, I'm pretty sure he's, he's in contact with those doctors, and uh, or he will be. Um, so I can see him going to the Texas and being their safe, their their uh, corner over there. I hope he stays with us. But that's my first priority is uh, Emmanuel mostly. Hopefully we can bring him back for a reasonable price. Yeah, I think Mosley kind of is a domino because, uh, you know, just you don't have to worry about as much. If you bring him back and you already have Diamondor, you have Womack, um, Ambry, Javarius, you know, you don't have to go, like, you have to draft somebody and they have to hit immediately. You can get somebody maybe that works their way into a starting position maybe in a year or so, uh, being that you're going to be picking in the third round. I really don't want to see them drafting corners in the fifth and sixth round. I'd rather see them attack it earlier. Um, I think this is going to be a, a defensive heavy draft personally, but um, we'll see. Uh, I want to ask you one real quick thing, Rohan, then you can go. Let's uh, do it. Khalil Mack to the 49ers. Would you what make it happen? It? Would you make it happen if there was a way? I mean, if there was a way, I mean, absolutely. But if there was a way means if he gets cut. Because he is, he is getting cut. He is getting is he cut. Get, I thought they were going to try and trade him. They're going to try to trade him, but if they can't, then they'll oh, okay. cut him. But oh, I didn't see the trade. Trade him first. Damn it! Yeah. Okay, well that throws a whole was, wrench in that particular thing. <laughs> I, I do. I know they're trying to obviously. Um, what do you call it? For uh, uh, figure out their salary cap situation, and it comes with the caveat. Obviously, Mac is thirty-two. The 49ers recently have shied away from talented older players True. in favor of younger players who are talented but also have room to grow. Example, Traverius Ward over Stephon Gilmore last year. Both performed at a high level. They went with Ward, who's 25, for a three-year deal rather than Gilmore, who was 32. Makes I think sense. that they'll apply the philosophy, but if Mac is available and if he, he's willing to be had at a solid price, I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers go after it. It'll be a system change because he's going from a 3-4 outside linebacker to a 4-3 end. But, I mean, it, it shouldn't be too big of a transition for Mac, And he'd be a solid player. Injuries have been an issue at times, but he'll be a solid player for the 49ers. Um, trade, though, trade won't happen. They don't have capital, so trade no. trade just won't happen. Uh, and so that, that's, that's there. They just, I don't think that that'll happen. We'll see though, if Mac gets traded or not, even if it's for low round compensation, but if he's on the open market, would not be surprised if they at least reach out. Don't know if they'll end up making the move itself based on the amount of money, but would be intriguing for sure. Appreciate your insight. I'll let you get out of here, man. Let you do your thing. Uh, appreciate appreciate uh, you coming through for the time that you could. I know you're a busy man. I forgot what promotion you just got. I saw your letter on fa- uh, Twitter. I, I was you you uh, I, you're working for some. I saw something. Oh that yeah, you, yeah yeah. I'm the yeah. site manager for my site here at Wisconsin for SB Nation. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Congratulations, yeah. brother. Congratulations on Appreciate that. It. Sorry, it. I was confusing you. I didn't. Nah, you I didn't did. know exactly you what did. I was reading, but I knew you had something had. You'd been, pro- yeah, that guess, one like, is. Promotion. I think the letter that I posted was, um, I'm going to uh, the conference postseason tournament, uh, Big Ten conference postseason tournament next week in Chicago. So, awesome. I'll be down in Chicago covering that 
for my team. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I'm happy Appreciate for you. It, though. Appreciate yeah, you coming through and talking Niners with us, man. Have a great evening. You too. Both of y'all stay safe. Have a great evening. And Thanks, uh, brother. Be soon. blessed, brother. See you, buddy. So I wanted to ask you about this one, Beto. Did you see that ranking that the NFL put out about teams' facilities and how some teams yes. like the was it the Cardinals? The, the Cardinals a got a really bad my, uh, ranking. I heard the Chiefs had really bad with their health staff. Uh, the Niners are seventh in the league. Uh, I think the weight room got a little bit of a ding, and I forget what else. But as far as like accommodations for flying uh trainers and all that stuff i think they were like a minuses their food was really good why in the hell would they ever want to do so why would you why would you quiz your employees about something like that because if you quizzed me at my line of work where i work now about what i really feel about the company they would have to take me into the office because everything would be negative yeah i i don't know if they're actually uh, inside the building, uh, quizzing their employee. I think they're from the outside going to all 32 NFL teams. Um, they have a contact in the inside. One of the things I heard about the Niners was their bathtub accommodations, or not the bathtub, but their um, whatever, the, where you put the eye chest in and they go in there to heal, uh, are not meant, they're no bigger than, I believe, six feet. And, you know, you got players that are, like Eric Armstead, they're sitting there with just one leg in there because that's all it can fit in there. Um, and then you've got to wonder why uh, our players are always getting hurt. Uh, the fact that our training room facility came really low, that, that should be an alerting uh, thing that they got to get that shit together. Um, uh, Jed York needs to get out of his ass and put some Pay money a little bit more money. That. Yeah. You got a beautiful stadium across the street from you, across from you. Why can't you put money in the facility, particularly when it deals with the player's health? From what I heard, a lot of college programs, their training rooms and their locker rooms make the NFL look like a joke. Like if you go to like a, if you go to an, um, not in Nebraska, uh, the Alabama, they were talking, they got like, LED lights and flat screen 4K televisions. I mean, we're talking the works. But when you go into mind, some of these, they're not playing. They're not paying. They're not paying either. the athletes, right? They're they're stealing from them. Yeah. So it, yeah, it, it, that'd be awesome. It's so funny that I wouldn't. Why would you surveying your employees? And I hope they do something about it. I hope it wasn't just a pointless survey. That would be stupid. Um, you would think, right? I'm trying to think what else we could talk about here. We're pretty much down to the end here. Let's see what else we got here. I know I have something down at the bottom. Well, maybe that's it. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting that if you watch a lot of the people that are being interviewed, it looks like the Niners are going defense heavy at the combine once again. Do you have a problem with the Niners going defensive heavy in this draft, or are you completely okay with it? Because I really don't have a problem whatsoever if the Niners go defensive line, you know, secondary or whatever. I, I I think the Niners need to get back to that, to be honest with you. I think we kind of fell, we fell off a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you got to look at both sides, offense and defense, and you got to look at where the most holes are at. And right now it's defensively and they want to maintain that number one defense, especially under uh, Wilkes uh, first year there. 
Uh, I'm a big defensive guy. I've never really been an offensive guy. So um, I think like a defensive coach, you know, the more players you can give me, the better I can work with. Um, but I also believe in the trenches too. So I think they're definitely going to focus uh, both sides in the trenches. Right now they're looking at the um, uh, defense uh, because uh, I don't believe that the offensive players don't come out until next week on Monday or or Friday. I mean, uh, Monday or Tuesday. So we have to wait to see how what happens there. But I think the Niners are going to focus offensive, offensive line, defensive line, and then, like I said, really look at a safety they could potentially replace Gibson once Gibson retires because we're going to have him for the 23, but that's about it. So uh, safety, I don't think they'll go corner. I think Lenore really stepped up towards the end of the year. Yeah. Yep. He was kind of like up in the air, like, is he going to be good? He's not. But towards the end of the year, especially in the playoffs, he really, really stepped up with those INTs. Uh, and um, he's. I can see him. If they don't bring Emmanuel Mosley back, I can see Lenore taking over at that second uh, uh, cornerback position next to uh, Ward. So hopefully we can keep uh, Emmanuel, but I like what Lenore has done. And then Womack, I think Womack really, really uh, being is gonna was groomed and developed to take over for Jimmy Ward um, once Jimmy goes. I don't think Jimmy will be back, and I think Womack is his replacement there. Yeah, it'd be, I'm, I'm, I don't think the Niners will be huge players in free agency, but I do think they'll make maybe one decent move. Um, maybe right tackle. Uh, as much as we want an edge rusher to go crazy on the other side of Bosa, I, I just, there's only so much money to go around. Um, and then they have, you know, the draft. I mean, they technically could find somebody in the third round. They're never going to be, like they said, this draft is not a blue chip draft, but it's got a lot of depth, which is, you know, something the Niners are really good with anyway. So what the hell? It fits right it fits right in with our, our franchise. But um yeah, man, this next couple weeks we got uh one of the guys on here asked about the Purdy surgery. He wanted to know why he hadn't had surgery yet. Uh swelling was the issue when they went in there on the twenty second. It looks like from a couple of verified reports that surgery will take place next week. So that's a good thing. Hopefully that's true and that really happens because we can start the clock and we can have an idea of what we need to do in free agency as far as a, of a backup. Uh, we discussed earlier uh, a realistic option at quarterback if you're really going to go for a guy that's going to be a third stringer. I brought the the option of, say, Joe Flacco. I know it's not a sexy move, but considering what you're paying and – the, where he is in his career, I, I think he would serve best to be in a role like that. Thinking of a guy like uh, Mariota or Heineke, guys that have started in this league, they're not going to take peanuts to sit on the bench and not play. So, but we yeah, could be wrong. Heine, uh, uh, and he, you know, he was a starter for the Washington Commanders at yep. the end, end of the season. If I think the Commanders are probably going to bring him back, but if they don't. I I just can't see him going as a backup, much less a third, uh, you know, third you know third uh, quarterback in, in in the draft. Excuse me, in the roster order. So, um, it's you know it's going to be a veteran, but like you like we spoke about earlier, it's going to be a veteran that is really going to be more of a teacher, 
mentor type of uh, quarterback that can potentially come in if need be. Uh, or the Niners could just totally just really blow us out of the water and say, you know what? We had four quarterbacks that we went through in 2022. We don't want to go through this. We don't want to go in there with a third round, uh, third quarterback they can't play. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting to see this this uh, free agency because um, if the Niners are going to, you know, we're, we're, I'm going to know what the Niners are going to do in the draft based on what they do in free agency, yep. particularly at the quarterback position. But I do think they will draft a quarterback as well. Um, you can never have enough quarterbacks, particularly the Niners. We go through them like nothing. So uh, I see us drafting a, a quarterback and just for roster. And then also, I wouldn't even be surprised if they bring one in and unfree, undrafted free agent just to see what they can do. Because you have to have, what, 80 players? Yeah. Uh, so, and then you can work your way down from there. So it'll be interesting to see, Aaron, what the Niners do. But I definitely believe that they will uh, get a uh, someone like Joe Flacco, uh, someone maybe like um, the kid that was over the, the redhead from uh, uh, the Saints. Dalton. His name? Uh, Dalton, yeah. Yeah. Someone of that caliber. Yeah, you, know, you got to readjust your expectations. Mil- yeah, everybody three to four million dollar range. Right, everybody gets so excited when free agency hits. Like, yeah, hey, we got to sign this guy. Listen, man, we're trying to field a competitive team that has depth, right? Correct. Don't be surprised if the Niners say, "Hey, you know, we're going to do it center. We have Nick Zakiel. He's going to be our center that we drafted last year. Maybe they kick over Burford to right tackle. Everybody thinks we're going to go on a market for a right tackle. The Niners might have other options behind the scene that are." less expensive and more at at guard right we don't know we honestly don't know the niners don't tip their hands so you're not going to find out the cmc trade last year i didn't expect it nobody expected that trade at all i still can't believe he's on the team (laughs) he's like a cheat code man uh the niners if they stay healthy they'll have a really good offense next year if Trey Lance is the guy, man, and he can just kind of stay out of the way and facilitate Beto, I think he'll look really good, too. I got a lot of toys. He's got a lot of toys. Just get the ball and get out of the way. You know what I mean? Just, you know, try to be more accurate over the middle. You know, try not to get your players killed. You know, get better in the intermediate stuff. We know that you can hit all the deep quadrants on the field with all the throws. We know you have a massive arm. So, uh it's funny what the Niners do uh, with with certain uh, positions. Like going into last year's camp, going through the, all the preseason games, one of the areas that I thought was a liability was going to be the offensive line. Yes. Based on how they were pro- – but you got to remember, in the offseason and in preseason, they're playing musical chairs. They're trying to figure out who plays best – they will put somebody somewhere where they normally wouldn't do it in a regular game. They'll experiment in the in the preseason because they want to see what they're capable of doing. That's why they look so bad. I thought that we were going to have a bad offensive line, and we. Th- I think at the end of the year, we were one of the top teams offensively. So never what look what looks like in the offseason, what looks like in preseason doesn't always determine what is going to be in the regular season. I have faith in. in uh, Kyle to put the right players in the right position 
including quarterbacks. So, but like you said, hope Trey can just uh, facilitate. Uh, I hate that word, game manager, but you know, manage. That's that what game he and, needs to start as. It doesn't mean in his whole career he's going to be a game manager. Correct. Let, right. Let your this, players do what they do best. Yeah, you got all these guys that can run after the catch. Just get him in the ball in position and run after the catch. That's if you watch Purdy. Everything that Purdy was doing was all simple stuff. He wasn't changing the game of football. He was saying, oh, look, here's a wide-open guy. Let me get the ball to him in a position where he can actually go somewhere with it instead of a rocket ball or an inaccurate throw that a guy has to reach for and then get crushed. Like, it's finesse with your intermediate passing. You have to be able to take down velocity and, and get the ball in there quickly without, you know, Rocket shotting stuff out of bounds. Well, you know, Mahomes is considered to be the arguably the best quarterback yeah, right and, now. And then in Joe the Montana says he does. Joe Montana and said he, that he was a game manager for the first year, right? And Montana said that everything you tell a quarterback not to do is what Mahomes does. But because Mahomes is so physically gifted, yeah. he can get away with it. Like all these sidearm throws and these shovel throws, nobody does that and gets away with it unless you're Patrick Mahomes. So. I know um, when he first started to do it, I I, I can imagine Andy Reid having heart attacks. Oh on yeah, the sideline like, what the hell are you doing? But it, but then Mahomes, you know, quarterbacks got to earn the trust of their coaches, right? Based on what they do on the field. That's why people always say, you know, uh, I can't believe they'll put Brock in and replace uh, Trey. They, you know, the Niners stuck with Jimmy all those years. They they didn't replace Jimmy even when he started to suck on the field. I'm like, yeah, but. Who did they have behind Jimmy? They were not going to replace Jimmy with Mullins. They were not going to replace Jimmy with C.J. Beathard. Right. I don't care how bad Jimmy is, but now that they got a taste of Brock Purdy and what he can do in those eight games, if Trey struggles, I wouldn't be surprised that Kyle is not hesitant to put in Brock because if you notice in the play calling with Jimmy and Brock, um, even when uh, Brock made a mistake, he almost threw an interception, but it wasn't an interception because the player dropped it. Kyle went right back to the pass and put the ball in Brock's hands because he believes in Brock and he's able to extend that playbook. He couldn't do it with um, Jimmy. He was a handicap, if you will, with Jimmy. Yeah, he would go right and to the run game as soon as Jimmy – Yeah. As soon as Jimmy then, would make a mistake, it was right back to the run game. <laughs> like, yeah, screw a that. A lot of people wonder. I know. I think I don't know if you, but a lot of people wonder, like, why is Kyle running uh, Trey in the middle, especially when he got hurt, right? Why? But then I I read an article and I heard somebody say that they a lot of the things that they were looking forward from Trey, they found out in camp that Trey did not provide. Like, they thought Trey was going to be faster than what he really is. He's not running as fast as he really as they thought he would be. So, to in order to run on the outside, you got to be fast. If he's not fast on the outside, then you have no choice but to run him in the inside. If you don't trust his accuracy, so I'm pretty sure. I know people hate Kyle, but I'm listen. Kyle's job is on the line when you know when things go like shit. So I I don't understand why people think Kyle would deliberately put. Uh, Trey in harm's way if he had other choices. If he's putting, if he's making him run down the middle, there's a reason why. Not because, well, let's see if he gets hurt or not. Trey can't run on the outside. 
his accuracy wasn't as good. So they ran him in the inside. And unfortunately, he got hurt. How many times does quarterbacks run in the inside and don't get hurt? It was just a fluke. Josh Allen accident. runs all the time in the middle and doesn't get hurt. Exactly. It just, so it happens. It happens. So this whole Kyle don't run, you know, people are always going to speculate and have the reason why Kyle does something. Trey Kyle, because why is he listen, if he if he could run uh Trey, matter of fact, Brock pretty ran on the outside a few times. And I think Brock is faster than uh Trey. So it's it's whatever the quarterback can provide or cannot provide on the field is what the quarterback the coach will use. So I, I'm not a big Kyle fan. I think Kyle's arrogant in a lot of ways, but I'm not gonna blame him either for a certain situation where he's limited because of the ability of the positional that it, in this case would be quarterback. Yeah. Uh, he was had, limited. He, yeah, he had to do he had to deal with what he had. He, he had to make do with the best he could. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, Kyle does. Kyle does get on my nerves. He is one cocky bastard, but uh, there really isn't another option out there that I would rather go to. So <laughs> there just isn't. The best coach in the NFL resides in Kansas City. Uh, whether yeah. you like it or not, he's a damn good coach, and it took him a long time to get there. So for everybody that out of wants... thirty-two teams, can, can you say that Kyle could be top five? Yes. So. Okay, a top five from thirty-two teams. We have one of the top five head coaches. Coaches. If he wins People. a Super Bowl, that automatically goes to top three. True. Right. If he even go to top two. Who be right now? If we if we think of five coaches, Aaron, Andy Reid being number one, Belichick being number two. Who would be number three? Kyle, maybe McVay. Before I this year, I would put well, McVay won a Super Bowl. So, um, let, okay, just because of the Super Bowl, let's put McVay at three and Kyle at four. And who would be the fifth? I don't want to say Nick Sirianni, I don't like him. <laughs> I, will, I was thinking more of the, of the coach in Cincinnati, yes, yes, you know, be yes. the fifth one. Yes. So, we're talking about a coach that is in the fourth spot from five from five out of 32 uh, teams. Yeah. Out of 32 teams. So you know what? Listen, just because you don't agree with certain things that Kyle does, don't be quick to fire him because who are you going to replace him with? Don't, did you guys already forgot the carousel of coaches we went through the embarrassment that we went through? So the bad. freaking, I mean, Oh my God! He had the freaking Seahawks stuff. eating turkey on our fifty-yard line. Yes. Yeah. So it's like you know, hold back your horses. Don't be quick to get rid of somebody. I know Niners are so passionate. The Niner fans are passionate, and they're all fired up. But it's like if Kyle does good, let's give him a raise. The next week he does a bad thing, let's fire him. It's like just trust your damn coach, man. He listen. I understand we want to win the Super Bowl. I understand that ultimately that's what you want is the Super Bowl. But you can't – don't settle for NFC championships. I agree. But you can't dismiss in Kyle's tender here when he had to rebuild the team. Now, uh, Weston Harbaugh came in to a team that was already established. He just had a coach of right that's to right. get what he did. Kyle had to come and redo, reset the they whole They had to build it from scratch. Yeah, they blew everything up and they built it from scratch. Yeah, and and the and the and his tenure here, 
he's been to what? Three NFC championships and one Super Bowl appearance? Right. How many the Detroit Lions have how many teams have even look at the Cowboys? 28 years now that they haven't even smelled an NFC championship game. People, I'll tell you this. Uh 49 throwbacks is nine or sickness. You can't compare Kyle to just Andy Reid. You can in this in this aspect. Andy was always thought for the longest time of the guy who couldn't win the big one. When did that yep. change when he got his Back quarterback? Yes. Kyle Shanahan is a quarterback away from winning the sixth Lombardi for the 49ers. Well, simply could have been the guy Kyle last year. We don't. With Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely. I think so I they, just that's I just answer. don't know if Kyle would have been as patient. That's all. Yeah, I think Henry's more of a quarterback a guru oh, yeah. developing quarterbacks than Kyle is. This is why Kyle brought in brought, uh, Brian Greasy. Like, okay, you know what? I need you to you have more of the patience, the skill set to, to work with these quarterbacks. I want these quarterbacks now. Kyle's like the drive through coach, and Brian Greasy is like, I'm gonna cook the home cook meal. It may take longer, but at the end it's gonna be taste better than the freaking drive through So yes, I use food as analyses. I'm fat guy. Whatever. But um gotta be patient, man. You gotta be patient with uh with uh Kyle. Uh, three championships and one Super Bowl appearance. It's not that. It's not shab. It's not that bad. Now right. I understand we want a Super nobody, Bowl, and, and nobody's hungry. settling for it. Nobody on this no. franchise. None of these done, but don't settle. Yeah, exactly. yeah these play people are like oh the, the the players are okay with getting no nobody's no, okay for everything they put their body through every single year. The beating that they take. Guy like Trent they Williams, who was asked after the gates, even he thought about retirement, and he has every right to. He's freaking what hits like a car crash every time he does his job. It's hard, man. The way they lost that game to Philly was just a freaking. It's it was sad. They yeah. didn't even. How they didn't have a Kyle. They were at, They didn't have a puncher's chance. It's like going into a boxing match, but you can't use your hands. What yep. are you gonna do? You can't block. You can't punch. Eventually, they 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 took it on the chin as long as they could, and and then they got floored. So, uh, Niner Fanatic and, and Podcast they, is in the house saying, "What up, Beto? What's up? What's up, Pete? Listen, Kyle. They blame Kyle for putting a third string tight end on uh, Raheem, uh, whatever his name is, Reddick, uh, their pass rusher over there in Philly, right. right? But you know how many times he used that same tight end to do the same exact play." And it was successful. It wasn't like it was his first time using a third string tight end, like for the very first time in an NFC championship game where it, he got blown up. He did it multiple times in regular season and it worked flawless. It just was the timing. Uh wasn't in got burnt. Uh he he came in and hit uh Brock. And another thing I've been hearing, bro, is now is Brock gonna be injury prone. That is the stupidest thing. He's played four years in college. Uh, I forgot how many games he played yeah. and hardly got hurt. This injury that happened to him, it was a fluke. I don't expect it to happen again, and I don't think that Brock is anywhere near injury-prone. I think Trey might be more injury-prone than uh, Brock, if you ask my honest opinion, but I don't think neither one of them are. Niner fans just need to slow the roll, be patient, bro. And, and um, 
let's see what Kyle does. I mean, and if you get enough understand. cracks at Super it, eventually Bowl. you might get in there. Yeah, if at least you, keep, you listen. Yeah. You got to knock on the door for the door to be open, right? He's been knocking on the door three times, and it could have been this could have been this season, but Brock. I mean, Brock got hurt on a freaking fluke of an injury. Yep. I honestly think if Brock would have stayed in that game, Kyle would have schemed him perfectly to beat that game. I don't think the Eagles were impressive at all in that particular game. I think that their defense was way overhyped. I really do. Yeah, and then and the Niners, listen, Debo was criticized for talking about their defense. Ayuk talked about their defense, and people were like criticizing them for all oh, their sore losers. But they got exposed in the Super Bowl, and that is exactly what Debo and Ayuk were talking about their defense. So they were not being little babies and crying. They were just telling the truth. And they got exposed badly by Patrick Mahomes. And, and you know, Kansas City won. Now, I, I'm not going to lie. It would have been heartbreaking to lose to Pat, to the Kansas City Chiefs twice. Yes. I, I, would, I know since, I know we have, the, we came on the better side of Cincinnati, right? Cincinnati played us twice. They lost to us twice. It feels good to us because we came on top, right, with the Cincinnati games in the Super Bowl. I would have hate to lose to Kansas City twice, and now we would have been remembered. Oh, Niners been to uh, three Super Bowls, but they lost to Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes twice. So we definitely got to fix that quarterback position, bro, because I think our defense is good, our playmakers are good, but we need a quarterback that can compete with Patrick Mahomes if we expect to play him in the Super Bowl and have a chance to win. 100%, Omi. Um, anything you got going on this week on the channel or uh, next week? Um, just on uh, on Thursdays, we have what I mentioned to you on the ch private chat. We have this uh, that me and Brandon develop. It's called the 49ers Podcast Network. And what we do is we had a show on, uh, yesterday, a great show. We have about 20 podcasters in there. Wow. And what it is is what it is is Every week the show goes on, me and Brandon, since we are both the host, we'll be there every Thursday unless one of us is not able to get there, but one of us will be there. The beautiful thing about having so many podcasters, like let's say you were part of it, Aaron, mm -hmm. you might not be able to make it every Thursday. You might have, but, and you're nobody's obligated to be committed every Thursday, but if you're part of the, of the chat, if you're part of the network, Whenever you are, let's say you are available on a Thursday and you're like, hey, I'll come on today. You come on and hang out with us. Oh, next Thursday, I'm not available. You don't even have to give us a reason. You just don't come on. We put the link and whoever is available, they click on the link and they come on. And we find out who's available when they pop on. So that's that's the kind of thing that we have going on on Thursdays. Um, it's the 49er uh, podcast. Uh, network and then on Saturdays myself on my channel I do the trivia night at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time I do trivia night and I do it like um, like the price is right where you gotta you gotta earn your spot to even compete so not it you know I, what I do is I tell all my viewers pick a number between one and 100 the one that gets a right or closest to it then they can move on to the second stage then they got to answer a quick uh, uh, quiz question, a trivia question. If they get that right, then they move on to the third stage where we have what you call a duck race, and then they got to compete for that race. And people love that. 
it's it's a it's a uh, three stage uh, where you got to move. You got to win two times. Actually, you got to win three times to get the prize. So it's something that I do on Saturdays at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and then on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time are the two things that I'm going on this week, brother. That's awesome. Um, next week it's a little bit up in the air. I'm working on something with Raj from RSF Niners, a possible weekly show. I'll let you guys know whether it's going to be me, him or me, him and another co-host. Um, of course I have the shows on Wednesday, uh, with my guy, Ted from Ted talks ball. Great show, Friday. Friday thank you. Fridays with a Beto and usually a special guest. We had uh, like three other co-hosts, but now it's just me and Beto usually. Um, and then Monday's the NWO show, of course, with the four handsome fellas like we are. Um, I, I Every time I'm like, well, I don't know if next week we're going to do anything because of whatever. And for every time there's some, there's some news that drops. So um, hopefully that surgery happens next week and we get the, the news right as free agency approaches what kind of shape his arm is in. I will be probably laid up. I have my surgery on the 14th. So mm. if I do a stream, I'm probably going to have my knee iced and elevated. So I might, I might. It be, wouldn't be the first time you did that. I believe you've done it before, right? I might've done. I what I might do cast. is I might, I might be off camera and there in that stream just so I could lay back. <laughs> there you go. I'll let somebody else host the deal if that's the case. But uh, yeah, uh, appreciate everybody coming through, man. Um, everybody have a great night. Uh, thanks for those who actually showed up in the chat. I know it's, like I said, it's the unsexy time of the off season. So sometimes you have people, sometimes you don't, but you're appreciative of who you get. So sometimes we will you see you like guys. Sometimes you don't. What's that? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes oh, you I, don't. I, I always feel like a nut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, everybody take care. And we'll see you guys next Friday, hopefully. Thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.